listeners of the Mad Scientist podcast, we are back with another episode with Nikita Kranda and Kyle. Um, so last episode, we kind of went through the early stuff that Kyle remembered his sort of experience of coming to remember these things or coming to discern them from dreams. Um, and also his, some of the physical effects, some of the actual stuff that was, you know, the world around him changed. Um, to indicate that something real happened. What what actually I think is interesting is it reminds me of some of the earliest we we on the show talk a lot about what's called Descartes' demon. So for listeners who haven't haven't heard this before cuz you're coming on to hear this amazing story, Descartes' demon is this idea that the philosopher René Descartes in Meditations on First Philosophy said he wanted to know what he could learn about the world and be sure was true. And he realized that everything he experiences can be wrong. Um, he has dreams, which aren't real. He misremembers things. He, his vision isn't perfect. So he mistakes signs in the distance and all these other things. And furthermore, he realized that, you know, since everything around him comes from sensory information, all of his information comes from sensory apparatuses in his body that there's really no way for him to be sure that any of it is true. And he posited this idea of a demon that would, as the information came to him, right before it got to him, the demon would change things um, in a way that was almost imperceptible. He realized, or he argued, that there would be no way for him to know if this was happening or not. And so that that argument became Descartes' demon. And, and so Descartes would eventually say, famously, that the only thing he could know was that because he is considering this, because he's thinking someplace, he must exist in the universe somehow. But that's the only piece of information that he could be sure about. Um, yeah, thanks for narrowing it down, Descartes. I know, seriously. He was like, we can know one thing! But then other <laughs> philosophers like Hume would come along and say, well, that's ridiculous, right? Descartes clearly knew other things because Descartes lived in the world. You know what I mean? Um, you know, mm -hmm. he didn't... Um, he didn't go to the store and steal, you know, fruits and veggies and stuff and didn't walk out and be like, it's all a dream. You know, he clearly knew things. And what Hume would argue is that the way he knew that things, he, the way that he learned about the world and the way that he found out what was true in the world was by cause and effect, right? So you do something and it has an effect on the world. And therefore what you did must have really happened in the world, right? It couldn't have been a dream. It couldn't have been, um, a, a uh, fantasy or if it is a dream or a fantasy that is frankly immaterial to the system you're working in right now also um, to, to interject briefly that um, your perception is also reality right it, well exactly you know that, that eventually you would come to this realization that what you perceive or what you can have an effect on in the world or what you can understand becomes your own subjective reality. And of course that gets into all kinds of objectivity, you know, objectivity, subjectivity discussions and everything else. But, but in many ways you, you Kyle came about this, dis this discovery or this kind of understanding of this, where you have some events, like you said, with the, um, the figure at nighttime who was on your bed where there seemed to be physical effects and things. And you think you were awake in some way, but then you also have these events where 
your your dad remembers them too, or your family had interactions with things. One thing I'm wondering, does your family have you ever told your family about the events where they seem to be more involved? Like with does your family believe that they've been well, I guess to start with, do you believe that you've been abducted? So Like, I mean, like with this whole thing, I mean, I, you know, life's a journey, but this has been a journey as far as like, I think anybody who's interested in this or has anything happening, like have an open mind, like be willing to change your beliefs and don't get stuck on me. Cause that's what I see so much, you know, like with my family, um, I, I have told, you know, some, some of my family, you know, a couple things, but I see, you know, like with my mom, my mother, uh, for instance, you know, we just, it's actually last night. You know? <laughs> so, uh, I, I was telling her about, you know, what had happened the other night at the bedroom and she was like, Oh, that's weird. But she, you know, automatically went towards like, re, you know, religion. And, um, you know, I was raised religious and I still am. Re- I, I am religious. Uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm religious, but like I am searched, I'm searching for that. I just wouldn't call it religion. You know, I think religion mm-hmm. is a man-made thing. So if you would have asked me a few years ago, you know, do you think that you were abducted? Like, I certainly think that, you know, extraterrestrial life exists and I mean, it's got to, and the chances that it doesn't is so slim. Um, and, and I guess further along in my journey and seeing how many people that stuff like this affects, I mean, how many people actually have been like, well, you know, I did have some weird things happen to me. And some of the things they say that they don't think is important is like, you know, I, I believe in K can attest to this is similar to other, to, you know, tons of other people. There's just similarities in them. So I guess I say, yeah, yes, I do. Like, I do believe that something has happened, like something is, has happened or something has come into my house. I mean, um, one of my like base primal fears, I mean, even from a small child, nothing has ever happened to cause this, but I, I, I have a fear of being taken. Like I don't, like even as a kid, I felt like I would, I, I can never like having nightmares of being taken away. And that just I hated that feeling. Um, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not like an all consuming fear, but it, it definitely is like a, a base fear. I mean, a, a question, I question myself, like, you know, why would you feel that at that age? You know, no reason to really. Um, and, and that's another thing, I guess. So it makes me think maybe that something has happened because it's like, uh, you know, why would you have these kind of, mem- why would you have that, you know, why would I have had those kind of dreams as a kid? I mean, I'm from that age, like, I was a pretty, you know, normal American kid. Like, I, my parents didn't let me watch, you know, craziness as a child. So, mm-hmm. uh, just some, some vivid things, I guess, that, that started to add up to where now, I guess, I see, yeah, I do. So Kyle. what? Oh, sorry, Chris. No, no, go ahead. Kyle, I, I did have a question for you. I know that we haven't gone over this in your preservation very much. Um, uh, one of the one of the themes that I keep hearing when people listen to my podcast is like, you know, until I heard you speak, like I never realized I was an experiencer. So for you, kind of what was that, oh man, I better sit down, I'm an experiencer kind of moment. Like when did you realize that this kind of stuff applied to you and your life? Um. Basically, 
the, the part where I was like, all right, you know, this is something, because for a long time, it's like, oh, yeah, it was that's an interesting story, but, you know, nobody wants to hear that. I um, mean, the point, I actually want to say, like, I think it might have been listened to you on Ryan Sprague's podcast, or it was probably around that time where I thought, where I started to really believe, like, okay, you know, I can accept that. I think maybe something has happened, you know, especially with my dad. Um, and again, like, it's out of context. If you knew the guy, you'd be like, well, something's happened to him. Um, and, and there's just a lot of similarities between stuff that's happened to him as a kid and me, you know, um, some of the things he shared with me. It's like, I, I guess I started really believing that you know, I'm an experiencer when I started listening, when I heard that podcast with you. Hmm. So ultimately, I guess, so the, your, your path, I suppose, to now telling this story or starting to think, that some of these things might have actually happened. What did that, I mean, I can only imagine that that was traumatic for you. Like what, what are those, I'm just thinking right from my own personal experience. When I, when I have a, like an intrusive thought or a thought that provokes anxiety in me, there are very clear um, biological symptoms of that, that I've gotten good at recognizing now. And sometimes it takes a little bit, like there's kind of a buildup where, you know, you don't notice it, notice it, notice it. And then, you know, it's not like every single time there's something like that that happens. It's like, oh, okay, well, I'm, I'm sweating, so I must be anxious. It's, you know, it can be gradual, right? But I'm wondering, was this, remembering this stuff, was it scary? Was it, because you, you sound pretty, um, you sa- I mean, you sound anxious about it, I guess, but it sounds still like something that you've, been able to sort of, uh, because of your outlook, sort of take in and be a little bit more um, academic about. Do you know what I mean? Which Yeah, um, no, I definitely do. Yeah, which I definitely relate to, though, because I know I have the same kind of way of looking at this stuff. But I wonder, um, does it provoke anxiety in you? Does it make you upset? Does it, like, what, what was that process, like, I guess, of almost mm-hmm. coming to realize that this might be real? And then you know, as a follow-up to that, like, what is, after what I would interpret to be anxiety, what does security look like to you? Like, what what is a safe, like, how do you get back to a safe spot and what does that look like? Um, I think basically, you know, pretty much like every other human, like the need to mm-hmm. control my life or, or get as much control as I can of it. Um, like I said, with some of the, you know, with, with a couple of these, it's, you know, it's just been like, like I said, core memories from like a kid. I just, I remember that. So it wasn't a big shock. I mean, it was a shock when my dad's like telling me, Hey, but it was like in a, a good, like, um, somebody's confirming this with, you know, and it's almost like a, like a double blind, like experience, like he, like, this is unbiased for, you know, result coming from him because he doesn't know about that. And, um, so I guess I just, I, that's it. I try to stay with a mindset of like, I can control what I can control in my life and, you know, through research or understanding, then, you know, you can gain a little more, you know, more of that control, but there's some things that you can't, you know, if that, like, I think what bothers a lot of people is thinking, you know, if something can come into your house at nighttime, like without opening a door, you know, 
and without like and there's nothing you can do to stop it so you know i think that is what bothers people I mean, it bothers me i mean not to the point of anxiety because it's like well you know there's nothing i can do to stop that and so as long as i'm not being like hurt then you know i'll try to be open-minded even though at the, when it happens it's like it's it's i always try to tell myself like well, in the daytime it's scary but i mean when stuff like that happens it's just gripped with fear yeah and, uh, and it's um, not like i have a natural fear of that you know i don't have like a, i'm not scared of like aliens and stuff like that but that's just like a whole moon bubble definitely and i i remember uh, after we talked and you had that initial nightmare where that you said you were dreaming about lying in your grandparents house and that thing kept coming in and out of the room and yeah and we, so uh yeah, and we had okay. talked about the interactive phenomena and everything, and we, we had a really good talk about how to defend yourself and protect yourself and how to interact with these things on your, uh, on your terms. Yeah, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yeah. that? Because, you know, it's something that we hear a lot from, again, even if um, one technique that you're taught with anxiety, with, with really extreme anxiety, is that your brain is a muscle. And so sometimes the best thing you can actually do to help stave off anxiety's effect or its bite is to just let the anxiety happen, you know? So, and that's kind of the basis of cognitive behavioral therapy or exposure therapy is if you expose yourself, you know, when you, when you, when you are anxious, something triggers you and then that causes you to go into fight or flight mode. Um, and eventually, uh, in in people without kind of disorders like OCD, let's say, um, that fight or flight mode goes down and then your brain remembers that, oh, my anxiety went down after this event, so it's not scary. In OCD, let's say, for example, what they've found is that actually there's kind of a short circuit. And so your anxiety is provoked. You don't remember it going down. Your brain always goes back to that same level. And so you start to cope with it in a way that's unhealthy, which is to either ignore it or not really ignore it, but try to stay away from it in some way. Right. So, you know, it's like a phobia, you know? Um, yeah. And especially with PTSD and OCD and anxiety, you know, uh, human beings are championship avoiders. Like we will, your brain will keep you safe no matter what, even if it right. comes to, if it comes to avoiding dogs the rest of your life or going three miles out of your way, not to pass a certain building where something happened. Right. So I'm, I'm wondering if, um, and so sometimes the best, the best response is to just let the anxiety happen because over time your brain will ultimately learn its lesson, I guess, even if it takes a hundred times of very frightening experiences. I wonder for in this case, right. So, NK, and you've talked about this too, about potentially there being some way to um, almost regain control or be a little bit more, uh, I don't know, tell us, tell us your story, Cal, tell us, tell us what happened there. And then some of the techniques, I guess you tried to use. Um, I don't really, I mean, to just be perfectly honest, I don't, I, I've never experienced, I mean, I experience anxiety, but I'm, you know, I think everybody has, but I don't, I don't deal with that. Like it's not an issue for me mm -hmm. during those times. Like, like, um, there was a few years ago, I, I would say I was probably 
18, 19 or 20, I'm not sure, <laughs> you know, around there, I guess. But, um, there was a few, I mean, I would say a span of like, I'd say the whole year. Uh, and, and it's happened on and off since, like, I mean, for instance, the other night, but I would basically wake up like that. I, um, I'd be waking up, you know, uh, my eyes are, it's like my, it's like I'm laying in my bed. My eyes are open. I can see it into the living room, everything. I mean, it's, it's exactly like that. And I would notice something. I mean, the first couple of times it happened, I, I noticed like a, like a shadow in my room thinking, oh, you know, that's just, it's just the shadow or, you know, a coat hanging or something. And then I would see it move and like moving around my bed. And sometimes there'd be more than one. And it, oh, I mean, it really, even though I would tell myself, you know, the next day, Hey, you know, just stay calm. Like it's not, it's, you know, who knows what it is, but it may be nothing. It may be something, but either way, like stay calm. But I mean, it's just that overwhelming, like, Oh, you know, terror. Like I, I believe you could probably die from that fear. I mean, to be honest with you, I think it's like if you get a bad heart or something. I definitely think so. I mean, like I've had, I've woken up like, like gripping myself. You know, like my mm. hugging myself. You know, just because I'm so terrified. But I would just tell myself, like, hey, you know, next time it happens, like it, it just got to a point where it was happening literally like every night, and that's when I, I actually reached out to MUFON just because I was like. I don't know what's going on, but it's like affecting my daily life. Like I'm not getting any sleep. Like I'm like, it was really causing me a problem. It was like happening every single night for like um, months probably. Um, and so I just got to the point where I was like, all right, you know, I'm so tired of it. Like I'm just going to push through this. And I would find myself like, I mean, just pushing everything I got into trying to move to attack whatever's in there, you know, just out of like, I'm tired. I don't care what happens to me. Like, I just want to, you know, get at this thing or whatever this is. Um, and that's kind of when it started, you know, happening less and less. And a few times, you know, I was able to like speak and I would even, you know, I would yell something and then, um, Oh, like just obviously a lot of times like test words or something, you know, just because I was like, get out of here. And what, and what you did, by the way, that's amazing resilience, and I commend you, is that that's, that is prolonged exposure therapy. You just kept fighting. It kept happening over and over and over, and finally you were like, you know what? Enough is enough. If you're going to keep attacking me, I'm going to fight back and make it as difficult and uncomfortable for you as possible the entire time you're doing this. And you taught yourself one, uh, one experience at a time how to fight back towards this type of thing. And... Um, once again, I commend you because that's extremely rare. Most people um, would much rather dive into drugs or alcohol or ignore it or just avoid it completely as much as they could uh, for an experience or to turn around and face this and say, no, like I've had enough. This is my life. I don't care what it takes. This is going to stop. Um, yeah, that that's pretty amazing. And uh, I, I rarely ever call myself an expert except for when it comes to commending my experiencers as an expert in this field and for doing this for so long, um, you're pretty kick-ass Kyle. I'm, I'm just going to throw that out there. I appreciate that. That's one thing too, that I think is important to kind of reiterate for listeners, right? You're, I mean, you're doing this, you're not getting paid. You're not trying to write a book. You're not going on a documentary. You're not trying to do any of that other kind of stuff. You're just a, I mean, you've had these amazing experiences and, um, you're working with NK and we're just, we're really thankful that you came on to talk to us about any of this um, Agreed. man for sure, for sure. So one, one thing I wonder, cause I'm, I'm definitely 
I am certainly, I, I guess, um, someone who would, if something like this was, you know, when, when things like this happen to me or, you know, nightmares or whatever, right. Things that I now I think are caused by something else different in kind to what you're experiencing. Um, I looked for every possible explanation, you know, I looked for, um, like a physical explanation. I looked for, could it be nightmares? Could it be anxiety? Could it be anything? You know, I went to loads of doctors trying to get information and help on kind of my anxiety and things. Uh, You know, you're saying it's not really affecting your life. So I totally understand that, you know, you feel like you're coping with this effectively, Right. So I understand not going for I understand not going to like a, you know, psychiatrist or whatever. But I'm wondering, I guess I'm wondering, did you have you ever tried or did you ever consider trying or did you try collecting physical evidence of some kind, you know, videotaping you while you sleep or, um, you know, things like that? Have you ever tried anything like that? Um, like I have this, uh, like pictures of things, but um, no, I, ha- I haven't. That's a good idea, honestly, um, because. Like for instance, the other night, you know, and I know I could say like I could say that, and I guess if I was here myself, I would think, you know, okay, well that's even myself. Like I, I, I'm not saying that's anything because that you know, sleep paralysis is like you you can kind of scientifically explain that. But on the other hand, I guess that you know throughout history we've always done this where we've always thought, oh well, that's not real because we don't know what it is, and then when then when we discover it that it becomes real. And I guess my whole like viewpoint on that, on the, like the paranormal and just, you know, the, the strange or the whole realm to it, I think there's some of it, you know, can be explained, you know, uh, away. And I think that a lot of it can still be explained, you know, uh, scientifically or naturally. I just don't think we've got there yet to be able to do that. Um, but as far as like, uh, I've never tried to, I mean, I've tried to collect, like I, I tried to, uh, I have some, you know, uh, like recordings of, you know, weird stuff in the house, like tree knocks, a lot of like cryptid stuff that is, that have, um, you know, happened like, and I'm totally awake and I'm seeing this stuff, but a lot of times it's like, it catches me off, you know, like, as far as waking up in the middle of the night, you know, I don't always feel like I'm not in fully control of myself. You know what I mean? Like something else is going on to where I don't know. I could if I wanted to, but I think like I definitely like the idea of like setting up the cameras and saying, I mean, that would be, I mean, can you imagine if something, I caught something like that? Well, that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm wondering, right? Is that at least in my mind, I mean, again, I think that it's kind of taken you some time to come to the realization that it's, this might be, um, something that's even measurable. Do you know what I mean? But it's interesting still. I mean, if you, if you ever catch something on camera, I want to be the first one to report it, man. <laughs> um, no, definitely. I mean, no, that would be wild. Though. I mean, so, and the thing yeah. is, it just hasn't happened for a long time, um, mm-hmm. or for a while, basically. And so, I, I mean, she was right. I mean, so I kind of stirred that up. But um, yeah, I mean, there's been some definite, like, I mean, for instance, there was an instance with like seeing a creature at my house, and I wish to God, I, I mean, now I always. You know, I learned for that. I always like try to have my phone on me or, or something nearby me. But at the time, you know, I didn't, and I wish I would have because, like, I could have gotten straight up, uh, you know, a video of uh, like an actual video or something, and it bothered mm-hmm. me. But 
No, I, I mean, man, I, I totally, I mean, we're not, we're not blaming you or anything for not doing that. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, humans are even, I mean, um, I don't know, people have, people get assaulted or get attacked or see violence or something. And then afterwards it's like, well, why didn't you take a picture of the assailant or why didn't you think to take out your phone or whatever? And it's like, in the moment, I'm so freaked out. You know what I mean? Like there's. You don't know how you would react to a situation like that. So I completely, completely understand. Um, yeah, being being an experiencer, it's not it's not an empathetic, loving environment out there, unfortunately. And um, sure. when I was working with the military community, I saw this a lot when you work with PTSD. So when you experience trauma and have PTSD, it can either be real trauma or threatened trauma. It's it's still a cause of PTSD. So I used to get a lot of guys that would be like, oh, well, you don't even have a combat patch and you say that you have PTSD, like, ugh. And they, it, it was outrageous. Like, you know, when you go to a, to a women's violence center, you know, we don't compare sexual assault and say like, oh, well, my sexual assault was way worse than yours. You know, you, you should really shouldn't be here. Um, I, I don't think it's fair to experiencers that they, uh, that they do this to each other and sometimes to themselves of like, oh, I could have done so much more. I should have done this. I should have done that. Or, um, you know, like uh, so many people will write to me and say like, well, I've, I've had an experience, but it's nothing like Whitley Strieber or anything. So yeah, it's, it's kind of dark. No, for sure. For sure. And um, with that, we're going to jump into our next, jump into our next break. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. We're back. A question. So it sounds like with the with the night terrors or the the sleep paralysis, it happens almost in a secular like there's there's a cycle to it that it's it's seemingly random, but then for like an entire month, you were you were afflicted with this. And I'm just curious again, was there anything external in your life that was happening? as well. Not that would have necessarily triggered it. I'm not trying to do a cause and effect, but just anything that would have been, that would have been almost a mirror to it, like any kind of anything that stood out at that point. Um, Not that I can remember. I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, I mean, it's not, it wasn't like a huge part of, you know, everything that's going on. It's just, like I said, it, it just kind of, I mean, I've had it happen here and there, mm-hmm. but I mean, the time I'm talking about where it happened pretty much like, I, I'm guessing like at least six months. I mean, and for uh, several, like for like a month, at least, I mean, every, every night, um, I don't think that there was anything. I mean, um, I, I had a, my, my grandmother passed away, but I'm pretty sure that was after 
Yeah, I'm pretty positive that was after that. I don't think that there was any like kind of, you know, like external stimulus that would that happened around then or anything out of the ordinary. Hmm. I, 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 so I did take that back. That was that was like the same time that, um, or right after that, I had seen. Um, I don't, I don't know what it was, but I saw something, uh, uh, you know, one night at the woods. But I think that was like maybe like right after that, because that's when things, you know, when I first heard, heard those that scream or that roar mm-hmm. or whatever that was, that's kind of what kind of set that that few years of activity off. But mm-hmm. we're just you know weird weird things happening. But so, so now now oh sorry go ahead Marie. So for the six months where this was sort of happening more frequently, before that, you saw something in the woods? So, <laughs> so like I said before, I mean, I, I've, I've always lived out in the country. Like, I've always, I mean, I have friends that don't like them out there because they're like, oh, it's, you know, it's too dark or something. Like, walking around the track. And I, I mean, I, I enjoy that. Yeah, I feel, you know, comfortable in that setting. I mean, I. And what is what is walking around the track at night? I live, you know, like we live in. A, I live in a city. <laughs> it's never dark, <laughs> but uh, it's basically just it's a it's a walking trail that was built a few years ago, um, yeah. in part of the forest, the uh, you know, the public forest. But um, mm-hmm. nobody ever hardly goes out there because it's pretty far out. Um, so you know, when I was growing up, I'd have to like write down directions or map quest directions to get in my house. I mean, it's, it's pretty far out there. So, uh, that's what I was, I'm referring to. So like, if you leave my house, my dad would walk, you know, take, take, take the dogs, um, you know, for a walk down the hill. And then it, it kind of, about a mile away. And then there's just maybe two miles of walking trails through the woods and a pavement track, but it's just, it's a nice place to go out. You know, there's nobody around there. Like, um, I live next to a pretty small town. So, even if people do go out there, I mean, they're pretty like neighborly people. Mm-hmm. It was just a nice place to not have to have such a guard up, like if you're walking downtown, like a big city. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, oh, so so basically, seeing this thing, um, it was that's where it was, I believe. <laughs> so, um, one night, it was just. Um, it was out there uh, at my house. I think it's about two o'clock in the morning, maybe around there. Uh, I'm with my parents this time. Uh, maybe I'm like twenty, twenty-one, um, and um, sorry, I forget the timeline all wrong. I'm I'm not very good with dates or memories, but uh, it's about that time I think. And um, so this was, you know, uh, a few years after the hearing that kind of how, and, you know, uh, and my dad hearing that. And since then, between those times, strange because every like fall and I, and I'm, if I, if I believe if I'm thinking correctly, I think it's pretty much every October would have like a bunch of weird stuff happen. I mean, even being out in the woods, I'd get these feelings like something isn't like there's another presence in the woods. And, uh, but I mean, hearing tree knocks, howls, um, a lot of times hearing like yelps back and forth and another thing answering. I mean, to the point where my dad would be like, she's got to be somebody out here doing this. And, uh, but then again, I mean, it's pretty big, thick force. And I don't think a lot of people are out there. Um, so anyways, so I, I, uh, sit there and watch TV, you know, I'm staying up late 
And I, at this time, I was a smoker. Um, I stopped smoking years ago, so. Good for you. But um, thank you. At that time, you know, still doing that nasty habit. And so I got there, and I'm on my porch. And uh, so if you're looking at my yard, it kind of goes downhill, and then the woods is to my right. And there's like a fire pit, but it's, I'd say it's about 50 feet off my porch, about down there. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm standing out there, and it's one of those nights that are just, it, it only, I don't know if it, I'm a super moon, but it's just insanely bright. I don't know if you, anybody's ever spent much time out in the country, but it's just one of these nights, it's almost like daylight. I mean, it's just super bright out there. But um, so I'm standing out there, and, you know, I'm kind of looking forward. Again, that's to my right down there. And I thought I, something catches my attention. And I don't really remember. Maybe something slightly moved. I don't know what it was. But I look down there, and I don't see anything. I just see there's the tree line. And then around my fire pit, there's probably like 10 maple trees, you know. Some like like larger saplings and then some, you know, uh, larger trees. But, you know, they have a lighter color to them. So I'm, I'm staring down there. And... I turned and I'm like, something, you know, has definitely caught my attention. Maybe look over there. And as I'm looking, as soon as I realize that one of these is not a tree, like it's not a tree, I realize like, wait, this thing, and I say thing because I don't know what else it was, takes off running like, uh, so it'd be my, like going my, you know, right to left, down Oh, you know, over the, uh, across the thing for the, with the fire pit down the hill, which is about, you know, a 10 foot drop, um, over about 20 yards, 25 yards, and then up another steep hill, which is, I mean, it's probably 12 foot up and then across another patch of grass, probably 20 feet again and into the woods. Uh, so I saw this thing bare. I mean, I didn't really see facial, facial features, but I saw, I mean, the, this thing is clear to say. Um, so if I describe it, uh, I would say like at least seven foot tall. Um, so initially when I saw it, I was like, I thought my brain wanted to say like, oh, this is a Sasquatch. Because I, you know, I started doing kind of research and I was like, I'd listen into, you know, recording some tapes and that, that sounded like very similar to what I heard that day. And I was, I always really wanted to see that. I, I, oh, I wish I could see something like that. So Immediately, I'm like, well, that's not, it's very thin. So whatever it is, it's, it's about seven foot tall, maybe a little taller, very light skin, like almost white. Like, um, I mean, it shines in the, in the moonlight. Like you can, I can see muscle. So this is, it's really tall. It's like inhumanly skinny. I'm, like if you took my body, which I'm, you know, just like a, I'm 5'11", like 160 pounds, and you stretched it out to like over seven foot tall, I could tell how skinny it was. And, uh, mm. Very long arms, very long feet. Like, I can see the thing uh, run. I mean, it's just, like, I can see his arms swinging, like, you know, like a sprinter. You know, I can see his arms and legs moving. Uh, it's got no hair on his body, like, whatsoever. As I said, I can't make out, like, facial features. But, I mean, I can see, like, muscly, sinewy arms. Creepy-looking thing. I've never, like, I, I could not imagine this if I tried. This thing runs down this hill and across up the other hill. I mean, and over into the woods within, I would say, like two, two, three seconds. Like the fastest thing uh, I can imagine. So 
I mean, it's, I run inside and I'm like freaking out. I run into my parents and I'm like, you know, oh my gosh, you know, you guys wake up and they're, she's mom, you know, like, what are you doing? You know? And I tell them what I saw and she's just like, oh, it's, you know, two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I'm like, you don't get it. Like there's a straight monster in our woods. Uh, so my dad walks out there, you know, there's nothing there. And so I, he goes back in there and I said, I told him what I saw. He's like, you know, okay, what do you want to do about it? I mean, he, he was, he's excited, but you know, like it's not here, you know? So I walk back outside after that, you know, you know, just to, I'm like, I want to see this, see if I can still see this thing. Obviously it's probably long gone, but I literally have my hand on the doorknob and the door open and one foot in the door because I, like, I know if, if this thing comes out of the woods at me, I mean, the wood, I mean, it's far down there. It's like, you got to go up a big hill. If I ran as fast as I could, it would take me like eight, eight to nine, ten seconds to get up this hill. Like, but I knew it could come out of the woods to me before I could get into the door. Like, that's how fast it was. And, you know, I tried to play like, okay, you know, I've seen deer and stuff that, you know, together that look weird, mm-hmm. you know, if one's in front of the other. But, like, I've really broken this down in my head, and it's like, like I, I saw it clear as day. I just didn't, you know, I didn't see a face on it because it was kind of turned sideways. But you know, had it, it was just one of those nights where I mean, if I had had a camera, I would have got like perfect, perfect video of it. So, but I mean, that's I, one thing too. It's like, okay, you know, there's something going on. Uh, so one thing I wonder, it's so. So first off, it's in other. Do you think that this is the same thing that you've seen in your room? Or no, your, no. This would be like, this would be. You can stand in my room. It's too tall. But do you? But do, I guess what I mean is, did it have similar features to no, those um, things? Okay. I don't think. I mean, I don't think so. Like. uh well, the one the ones you saw in my room is like a black shadow, except for the night that I I told you. Like I remember waking up like that, and I'm mm-hmm. like walking around the house. And those more so, but I just got a feeling of whatever this thing was. It's like more animal than something that would be wearing clothes. Like I this wasn't this was naked. Okay, okay. I didn't see like any genitalia or anything, but this thing was not wearing anything. Sure, it's. Sound- you give a description. It's like I had heard somebody talk, and I think it might have been on the paranormal podcast with uh, Jim Harrell, but. They're talking about describing like um, the rake, I think it's what's called. And there's there's actually like a old trail cam picture, you know, floats around the internet, internet about this like long arm thing, kind of crouching. And there's a video like of uh, some people at a campfire, and behind it, something walks across. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but yeah, sure. like that's kind of close to what I'm talking about. Like I can so, imagine so, it being that for sure. Did you have any sensation when? that was going along with this again, like you were talking about, you know, sometimes you were to experience the bad smell or, I mean, again, that's a different circumstance, but was there any kind of overwhelming sensation or any, anything else visceral about it? Uh, no, not with mm-hmm. that. I mean, I just, I remember thinking like, just seeing it, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Like I, I felt so excited to be like, cause I mean, I'd gotten into you know the mm-hmm. Bigfoot thing, and I you know I, I I was really hoping that to see something like that one day. But then I saw this, and I'm like, even though that's not what I'm, that's not a Bigfoot, like I couldn't believe what I'm seeing. But no, I mean no kind of bad senses or anything like that. I mean I, a lot of those are tied to 
if I'd have to put a word on it, I'd think like alien experiences. I'm not saying, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's what that is, but. So hmm. you, you mentioned the smell, right? And I'm as a, as a chemical guy myself, I love, I'm always fascinated by the smells that people report because that tells us a lot about the chemistry or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The smell you report, can you give, can you give us a little bit more? I know you say it's like a bad smell. It gives you bad feelings. It makes you feel kind of psychologically bad, but is it, is it similar to any thing you've ever smelled in your daily life? Like, does it smell one thing we often hear is that it's almost one thing that we hear sometimes from experiencers is it's almost like the smell of um, if you ever have like pool chemicals outside in the heat and then you open up the lid, the smell from that, it's almost like a, almost more of a burning sensation than it is a smell. Or is it more like the smell of say, you know, formaldehyde or um, is there any chemical that you think it smells like or anything that you've ever smelled that it is even similar? You know what? Like I racked my brain thinking because I mean, if I if I smell it in like a if you have a smell in a dream, I mean, you've obviously smelled that in real life, right? I mean, that's it makes would would make sense, but I mean, yeah, okay. I literally cannot like I can't place it anywhere. I, I this is not like anything I ever smell. When I say bad smell, like it would be a bad smell if you just like if I was like, hey, smell this, you know, this, and you'd be like, oh, that's not very good. But it's mm. not necessarily like. Like 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 rotting eggs or something. It's not like that kind of bad smell. More so as it's just. I, I know like saying a color is not like not a smell, but if I had to describe it, it's like a stale green. Like when I when I smell this, I think of like old stale green flesh or something. Or you know what I mean? Like uh, mm, okay, and just okay. a bad smell. Like it's just it's to me it's like. And I, I can't like I can't really even imagine it right now. It's just it's like when I've had these experiences, it's like, oh yeah, that's the, that's like the worst smell I can imagine. I mean, right. the worst. It gives me the worst feeling I can imagine. So I guess the last thing I want to ask you. So and I mean, there's we could do another like five episodes. I feel like with you. Um, oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned that you mentioned that it's the the kind of those sort of experiences that you had as a kid sort of stopped. But you still have experiences today, right? So, what are those experiences like? Yeah, so um, there. I, I uh, I've had a big a big move recently, and um, there's not a whole lot been happening. I mean, for uh, for a bit now, but um, yeah, like I said, ever since I started, uh, you know, kind of kind of diving into this again, and especially when I when I reached out to NK, I mean some weird things have been happening. I mean, a lot of, uh, a lot of, I guess you would say, you know, nightmares or, or the sleep paralysis thing, you know, I, that's happened a few times since, since being here. Um, and, and it's, it's a lot more intense. Like it feels like every time it happens, it gets more intense. And I, I would say, say something else. Like I told you, I mentioned the other night, like I grabbed onto something. Mm. I can't describe that feeling because I got the smell too. Like um, in the previous one, it had been that creature, you know, or whatever that was reaching over me and I bit into its, into the hand and it was almost like biting, like if you bit into a balloon and all of a sudden I get that smell and it was just, I mean, just a repulsive smell. I, I can't explain it, but 
in this last one, when I said, like, I grabbed onto that and that feeling that made, you know, I was, I was talking to my dad about that. You know, I confided in him about quite a bit. And he, again, you know, he, he would be one to very carefully not want to, you know, push you down a wrong road or, or say, even if he did say something that, or had something that was like exactly the same, he'd be careful to say it to you because, you know, obviously I'm his son. He doesn't want me, you know, going down like a path that leads me into insanity or something. But he even told me too. He's like, I know exactly what you mean. I felt that too. He's like, I've, I know what you mean. And I could tell like, what he's saying. It was like, you know, and Kay was saying, you know, there's like a knowing, like, an, you know, between people who experience this. And it was like that. Like, I could tell he, he did know what I mean. And it was, it was so strange too, because I can't, and I know people listening, it's probably like, well, you know, that could be anything. That sounds just like a nightmare. But it's like, this was like a, when I grabbed onto this thing, it's like, that is not, I mean, it was like, mm-hmm. a, I don't know, a primal feeling of something. I can't even, mm-hmm. like, like, if you grabbed, if you actually caught under the boogeyman or something, like, that's what it was like. Like, so, like I'm, I'm not supposed to be doing this. So I guess the last thing I would ask, or, I mean, cause it, so it sounds like this is happening to your family. It's not happening just to you. It sounds like your dad has had these experiences, but your mom is super resistant, right? Do you, I wonder almost, do you think that your mom is also experiencing this stuff, but is just like has a block or is too afraid or because your dad, your dad, it seems like has confided in you, but is also kind of frightened about this stuff. Right. But you've, you even had, Mm -hmm. yeah. He told me was like, as a kid, you know, he he thought like, whatever, you know, he said there's lots more to his story, but he says like, he thinks that like, if he does say something, something bad would happen like to me or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. As far as my mom goes, I think you, I think that is the case because not only like, you know, saying waking up like that and seeing that you know, being over top of her, it's like, you know, what, what makes, well, why would it be doing that when it wasn't on anybody else? But also like, yeah, she's very religious and I think blindly. So, I mean, just being raised that way, you know, some people just believe in something without really knowing why. And I, and I don't, I don't like that. I think that's, you know, I don't think you should be that way, but she, uh, I mean, she has told me stuff. Like she said one time that she woke up and there was something holding her down. And like, she says, you know, in her mind is like a demon, which, you know, maybe is, I don't know. But she said something, you know, was like trying to like violate her. Um, so, I mean, I know something, I know stuff has happened to me happened to her before but i don't think that i think in saying it she would have to like let go of those I know beliefs you, and i don't think she's ready to do that i know what you mean no absolutely man kyle it's been i mean it's been it's been fascinating man marie did you have anything any last questions i think my only last question why well, i have a million of them but the one that i think is most containable is october like is there anything about october it's happened with your family or with you or event wise that, that this comes back to there. there, So there's a a group near where we live, an older couple who do like a lot of, I come to find out like they do like a lot of Bigfoot research and they're, they do, you know, study a lot of that area. And Mm -hmm. they had said something about they've had a lot of activity in there in the fall. And they thought maybe it was like, if that was a Sasquatch, maybe it's like a, like a migratory thing or something, or, you know, yeah. like a migratory brute, um, or like a mating thing. I, I don't know, but it seems like a lot of strange things like have happened in October. 
and it's not just me. Like I've had family members mm -hmm. who said things that it's like the classic, you know, uh, um, you know, red ball, red light in the woods, you know, a bunch of crazy mm -hmm. things like that. And, uh, so I, I don't know if hmm. there's some significance with that or if it's just coincidence, but geez, man, I mean, it's like, it's, it sounds, yeah. it sounds like dairy Maine from it. <laughs> Really, you know what I mean? It it really does. It's crazy. It's not just Kyle either. That that particular time of the year is um, it's big for ramping up with people that have experiencers. There's something that definitely has to do with a shorter span of daylight and a longer night that just kicks mm -hmm. this stuff up to eleven. Interesting. I kind of like the idea of Sasquatch in love. <laughs> it's a lot less scary That's than the sweet. other options, frankly. That's sweet. Jeez, man. Well, I'd like to just throw out there. Um, mm -hmm. I definitely just want to say, both of you, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Um, and Kay, I appreciate that. I mean, this has been amazing. Um, for anybody listening, like, you know, if, if you're curious, like, take it apart, you know, and, and take what you will from. And I, I don't want to, like, say, I, I'm not taking a stand on either one. I just want to, you know, give out information, you know, my story and it's, and just say it just how it happened. And, you know, if that, if that helps somebody else put pieces together, then that's great. But I just want to say, I appreciate the opportunity. No worries, man. It's our no. pleasure. Yeah, yeah, it really Thank was you. our pleasure. I mean, Thank for, you. for us, the, the most important thing, and we say this again and again with the stories that we cover on the show, you know, we're, I mean, listen, we're a comedy podcast. We're humorous. We, we are skeptical, right? All those things are true. But at the end of the day, these are real people on the other side of these stories. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And they're, they're people that you could meet in your daily life and never know. And so you have to be empathetic and you have to be humble enough to know that you don't know everything. And, um, you know, what one person experiences or, or feels or sees or is traumatized by isn't up to the dictates of what you think objective reality is. Yep. If you survive it, you get to define it. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I think, and Kyle NK, so great having you both on. Um, so our guests, again, we had Kyle, an experiencer, telling his story, which was amazing. And then Nikita Kranda, who is an experiencer, researcher, and kind of archivist. Nikita, do you want to tell people where they can find you on the internet? Um, I have a Facebook page. It's uh, NK Kranda. I also have an email address. It's preserveyourexperience at gmail.com. And um, I am really communicative. You know, shoot me a message on Facebook, shoot me an email, and uh, – I do have a job and a young child, but I, I always respond to experiencers. It, I, I really treasure the work that I do and each and every person that chooses to speak to me. And uh, thank you guys so much for having us. It was really a great time. Oh, absolutely. No worries. Anytime, anytime, Kyle, you want to come back on and, and update us or whatever, you just let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Man. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. All right. You guys so, take care. Thank you. And listeners, that is the end of our series here with Kyle and NK, uh, Nikita Kranda. Uh, Marie, what did you think? Man, just really good. And again, we want to thank them for coming on and sharing their experiences. And uh, it was great. It was really great. Yeah, it was. Um... I'm a little like, dang, again, like I like I said last time around. Not going into the woods. One more reason I don't camp. Well, I was joking. You know, we were joking <laughs> during outside. one of the. I mean, really? Yeah, no. We were joking during one of the kind of like intermission breaks, you know, where as we're recording this, you know, long interview series, we kind of took breaks to get drinks and 
go to the bathroom or whatever. And um, I was telling Kyle that, you know, uh, I used to sleep outside in like the summer. I would just like fall asleep as, re- as I was reading a book, like I was taking a nap. And one afternoon I got woken up by a goose that was really close to my hammock. And it freaked me out so bad that I was like, I can't sleep out there anymore. There are wild animals. And you Enough know, with the nature. His dad is like talking about <laughs> ships flying overhead and still sleeping out there. And it's like some balls, man. I do not have that kind of cat. I am a coward. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, my. God. Here's the thing. The first like if my cat meows too much at something outside, I'm like, that's it. We're moving. That's it. Back to the city. Seriously, it's um, I mean, just the it's good, it's good though. Just the the whole the whole story in its totality. I mean, it's so similar to what other people tell us behind the scenes. You know, it's very yeah. similar to the stories that I've heard from other people who claim to have experienced these kinds of things, and it's just so fascinating um, to be someone. Like, you know, you and I who've, you know, the spookiest thing to ever happen to us was that painting you found, you know, and even that for like, even that for like a week, I was walking around like, this is, you know, this is a level of, um, again, it's almost, it would almost be scarier to me if it was all the brain doing this on its own. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, I think. I think we can agree no like no matter what the brain is 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 so amazing and so terrifying because even if it if it, it pretend there's no supernatural it's creating everything pretend there is supernatural it's working twice as hard to prevent you from understanding it or seeing it both of those two both of those two options or any any hybrid thereof terrifying absolutely terrifying terrifying thing it's why I only use like very low percentage of mine <laughs> and that's and that's the secret to your listeners uh thank Aww. you again thank you again so much um nk and kyle it was an amazing time yes. we absolutely loved it listeners if you you know are interested in hearing more about this kind of stuff feel free to reach out to nk um and yeah i mean i, I don't even know what else to say we love you all and uh this was wow i mean i'm just stay um, safe yeah. Huh. Never going in the woods again. All right. No. Good night. Good night. Thank you again, dear listeners, for listening to the Mad Scientist podcast. I have been your host, Chris Cogswell, joined by my co-host, Marie Mayhew. If you'd like to contact the show, please send us an email at themadscientistpodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word. You can also follow us on Twitter at Mad Scientist Pod or at Team Giant Squid for Marie. And of course, you can see us on Facebook, on Instagram, and all over the internet as the Mad Scientist Podcast. And again, our logo is the one with the pumpkin head, so it's easy to see. Mm-hmm. If you've enjoyed the show tonight, please consider supporting us on Patreon, where the money that you give to us will help us to promote this show further, to make it better, and just to spend more time making it. Because we love doing that. We do love doing that. Our logo was designed by Carrie Shaheen. Our web design is done by Desdemona Howard. Woo-hoo. And our sound design is done by Jake Cardinal. Thanks again for listening. <laughs> Thank you. This has been a damn it chippy production. 
I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast.